Hello, and welcome to the Rexburg Love Podcast, broadcasting to you once again from deep within Rexburg, Idaho. We want to thank all of you for your support and love with the launch of Episode Zero. If you're wondering what this podcast is all about and you missed that episode, please take a moment to listen to it. And we also want to apologize for the delay that has happened between Episode Zero and Episode One. That was a substantial delay, and I promise that's not going to happen again. We are going to be getting this podcast up and running and firing on all cylinders going forward. So please pay close attention to all of our social media accounts. Feel free to reach out to us by email or contact us on there. For anything that you'd like to share, if you'd like to be interviewed on the podcast, or uh, if you just want to share your thoughts and concerns about the direction about the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. To restate a little bit of what we covered in Episode 1, our purpose. This podcast is here to extend love to everybody in Rexburg with the hope of fostering and growing a community of acceptance here, despite race, creed, religion, orientation, gender, or anything else. Rexburg can be a hard place to live for anybody who does not fit the quote-unquote mold. If you find yourself having a hard time here because of who you are, please stick with us, as we aim to be the support, the community, the, the friends you may need. So this is episode one of the podcast, and as we thought about what would be the most important thing to discuss for our very first episode, many ideas came up. Ultimately, it was a conversation I was having with a friend of mine who has recently been wondering whether or not they want to stay in the church that has led to the topic of this episode, which is anonymity. But first, why anonymity? Simply put, it is because This podcast is aiming to be driven by you, your stories, your experiences. Here at Rexburg Love, we want to be the supporters that others may need, the solidarity that they are looking for, and we feel that 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 will be best found in learning from and hearing about the experiences of others who have gone or are going through similar experiences. And as a listener-driven podcast, we need to make sure that everything submitted here has no chance of hurting those who have submitted it. This may sound strange, but it is a real risk, especially where we live. Since my own public faith transition through until now, with the launching of this podcast, I have heard from so many people who are going through similar experiences. And out of that large number of people, the majority have shared with me their stories in confidence, asking earnestly that I not share what they have to say. These people are strangers, their family members, their friends, and acquaintances all alike. And they're all reaching out to me to express how good it feels to hear someone else's story and wishing they could share as well, but they hesitate. They've shared with me their reasons for hesitation. The reasons behind are valid fears. In fact, this is what goes back to why the, the conversation I had with my friend that made me decide to have this episode be about anonymity. So I want to break down a little bit why here in Rexburg, some of these experiences currently for many people need to stay anonymous. Reason number one is family. In a society that places so much on the family that centers around a religion that does the same and that requires adherence to certain beliefs and ways of life, once you stray from that belief that religion, those teachings, and the mold that they create, this can be scary. 
as recent as just one of these past general conferences, leaders, leadership in the church has stressed how important adherence to the LDS gospel is to eternal salvation and how the lack of adherence will destroy your family. Whether or not that's true, I have to give the church the benefit of the doubt for their focus on the family. However, that intense focus coupled with its teachings, implied or explicit, these teachings leave many fearful to step out of bounds, out of the norms. If a couple was married in the temple, with the idea of an LDS theology to keep them together, straying from that theology brings with it the fear that your spouse may not like the idea of spending their mortal time with someone who will not be with, with them after this life. If a son or daughter was raised with an eye single to the goals of the temple, straying from that brings with it the fear of hurting their parents and what they were raised in. If a parent taught LDS doctrine to their children as they grew up, walking away from that may bring the fear of whether or not they raised their children right. When the family has been created on a certain platform, a certain foundation, one is left to wonder if leaving that foundation means leaving the family. And thus, the fear of family becomes real to anyone who does not fit the mold. So that's the first reason, family. The second reason, one may hesitate to share their belief of a journey, their sexual discovery, their acceptance and defense of their gender or race centers around their education, school. Many listening to this podcast, I hope, I'm reaching these people, many living here in Rexburg, are here for a reason, and that reason is BYUI or Madison High School or any of the surrounding schools in this area. While the K-12 through schools around here do come with so much stigma and community around the church, BYUI comes with a very unique set of challenges, comparable only to BYU and BYU-Hawaii. You come to this school most often as a member, looking to go to school at a place where a certain faith, a, a certain community thrives. Maybe you chose this. Maybe your parents did. Maybe you knew coming here that you wouldn't quite fit in, but the low tuition or social aspects really pulled you. Or maybe you came here knowing this was your people, but as time went on and you learned more about yourself or your faith or your people or the world, your views and identity or your beliefs came to change. Now you'll no longer feel like you fit in so well. And to speak truth to power, to defend your race, gender, orientation, politics, or beliefs would come with real risks, like damaging your friendships and relationships. But for many, it's much scarier than that. They could get kicked out of school. They could lose their housing, whether through the school or from their family. They could lose their credits, their time, their tuition, everything they've put into their education here. Due to how ecclesiastical endorsements and the Honor Code Office are set up at BYU-Idaho, these are all very real concerns to anyone who does not fit the mold. So that's the second reason why anonymity is going to be so very important to us here at Rexburg Love which is maintaining people's education and everything that comes with that. The third reason to remain anonymous with your true self here that has been shared with me is work. 
recently I was able to connect with a dear friend of mine, the one I mentioned earlier. And if, if this friend of mine is listening, you know who you are. And I just want you to know how grateful I am that you saw enough in our friendship to reach out to me. I love hearing of your journey. This friend of mine shared their recent faith transition and how much it has helped them in their life. It was such a wonderful story. However, despite this change for the positive in their life, they still need to put on airs. Their very career involves dealing with many members of the church in relations that are very based on trust. And since religion is such a powerful tool when it comes to communal trust, for good or for bad, this person being a member was a huge part of their. Uh, uh, this person being a member of the church ha- had that aspect of their life to thank for being a major part of their success in their field. But that function of religion is a two-edged sword. For now, all those relationships that were forged with assistance of that tool are now subject to destruction if you remove that element of the relationships. If the clients of my friend now don't like this new direction of their life, the nature of my friend's career could leave their clients very able to move to another member of that career that more aligns with their values. And that is completely part of his client's rights. But you can see how hard that would be for my friend, how he is very much the same person, same as everyone else who evolves and changes as their life progresses. But this one specific change and progression leaves him fearful to be public with who he really is and what he really believes. So careers are the third reason why anonymity is so important to anyone who does not fit the mold and why we're going to be treating it very seriously here at Rexburg Love. So these are just a few of the risks. If you are listening and find yourself subject to these risks, this episode is for you. This episode is also for anyone who is confused as to why anyone would worry about these things. Rexburg is a very comfortable, safe place for people who fit the mold. To those people, thank you so much for listening, 100%. We love having you here, and I hope this episode will help expand your understanding of what others here are going through as we share a couple stories. Kudos to you for wanting to learn more about that struggle. I deeply respect that. Again, we're just starting up. Please send in any of your stories. If anybody wants to be interviewed, please let me know. I would love to have you on here and hear from you what you believe, why you're here, whether you're a member, whether you're an ex-member, whether you're a nuanced member, whether the LDS Church doesn't even have a presence in your life, but you want to share your sexual orientation, your, your romance position, your race, your status, anything that is unique to you, and how that mixes with your life here in Rexburg, Idaho, or any of the surrounding communities, because it's a mixed bag here, and I love it. And I want to make sure that we can get your stories out there so that everyone can hear them, and we can start to normalize people who aren't in the quote-unquote Rexburg mold. So please reach out. I'd love to hear from anybody that this podcast reaches. And even if you don't want to share your story, the reason we have this podcast is I want to be that bug in your ear, if you feel alone, if you feel sequestered, if you feel like there's no one around, so that you know there are people here in Rexburg that love you. There are people here in Rexburg that see you, they believe you, and they're here for you, 
even if you can't speak up, even if you still need to remain anonymous, but you just need to know that you're not alone. And you need to see past that veneer of the Rexburg mold here and know that you're cared for. Please let this podcast be it. That would be one of the greatest honors to know that I've helped at least one person here in Rexburg feel like they are loved and that they belong. So please keep downloading this podcast. I'm hoping to have more episodes come out, more things that you can listen to to know that you're loved. We are on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit. Look us up as Rexburg Love. Our website is going to be up and running here soon. When we are working on a new episode, we will be posting there what we're going to be working on in hopes that our listeners and followers share with us their takes, their views, their advice, experiences, and stories so we can incorporate them into the show. So please follow us there on social media, and we would love to have you aware of what we're discussing next and have your voice be part of it. Uh, We do have a Facebook group dedicated to Justice Podcast where you can go and discuss these episodes, and we'd love to hear what you have to say there. Now, these listener voices will help whoever this podcast reaches, and I am very grateful to our listeners who contributed to this episode and for any who will contribute to this podcast. While preparing this episode, we posted, like I said, on our social media feeds for stories. This included me asking members of the ex-Mormon subreddit for their experiences. As a new podcast, this led to red flags with the moderators of that subreddit, and for very good reasons. I'm so grateful to them for their vigilance, and advice on that thread. As they have worked over the years with many people from BYU and BYUY, they have seen the real, tangible, adverse effects that those who dox themselves become subject to. And that's the main focus of this episode. So again, thank you to those moderators for protecting people. As time goes on, I hope to prove to them and all of you our dedication to protecting our listeners and their contributions. One of their pieces of advice from that thread is to make sure when you share your story online or with podcasts like us, be sure to change key identifying details. This will help protect your identity until any time that you may feel able and ready to come out to friends and family. Myself, I made a few accounts on Reddit, one that is actually tied to my real name, and I do deliberate posting on that account when it is things I'm fine with everyone knowing, and then on my other more anonymous accounts, I can be a little bit more free will with what I share knowing that those accounts cannot be traced back to me because of what I hold back, sharing on them. But these moderators' wonderful actions and advice just go to show and reinforce to me that through their experience how real these situations are and how strong the need is for many for anonymity. They have been running that forum for a while now, and they have seen firsthand the effects going public can have in this community for better or for worse. So please, when you share with us, only share what you are willing to share, considering where you are in your life and your journey. And please, change any details you feel like can be changed. Uh, I'm probably going to change them again, just in case you haven't, and I feel like the story reveals a little too much, while still trying to maintain the core message of your story. And that's just for posting it anonymously, but there's another side to this entire discussion. What you post on your public accounts. Going through a faith transition, faith crisis, or any of the other things we have mentioned about being true to yourself can be hard when it comes to what you share with others in person or on social media, especially if you are accustomed to sharing with people. I myself loved the connection Facebook brought me before my faith crisis. It really was a community for me, 
or at least a tool to reach the community I had made in real life, but was now separated from. Weddings, kids, jobs, travel, all huge parts of our lives, all this and more can easily be shared online. And if you're one to do that, once your life takes such a huge shift, you want desperately to share that with your support group. And for many, that group is online. But what if your changes are not part of the norm? If, your major- if the majority of your groups are members of the church or vocal against feminism, LGBT, or racial movements, then it becomes way more complex. Do you share your changing views, the new things that you have learned? Are your relationships such that online discussion is productive, or would it do more harm than good? My own experience, which is not everyone's experience, is that I am not patient enough, intelligent enough, nor do I possess a level of tact that helps me with in-person discussions, let alone online discussions. I personally developed a mantra of, no one asked you. Too often did I overshare both in person and online, or stick my nose into discussions I was not invited to. Again, both in person and online. And most of the time it left me regretting things I said, things I shared, or people I may have hurt. Again, this is my own experience. Many people are far more capable of these things than I am. But as I shared less and kept my evolving views and troubling things I learned about the church to myself, the happier I was and the stronger my relationships were. And this is not to say I never shared. I saved sharing for either those I had deeper relationships with, or settings where mutual respect and understanding were very apparent, or I used anonymous online posting in forums, such as Reddit and others. This helped me still mill over what I was learning and what I was feeling. I'm not saying this is the best way to do things, but it worked for me. And time will tell if it hurts my relationships more than it helped them, but from where I'm sitting right now, I definitely feel more comfort in my relationships. I feel like less is being demanded of me. I feel freer to be me, believe what I believe, live life the way I feel is best for me and my family, and in a way that will best raise love and betterment in the world. But for many, sharing is the answer, and it is up to each of us to decide what is best for us. So today our listener contributions will illustrate that in different ways. Our first story, from who we are dubbing Anonymous One, will show how keeping things inside Keeping things secret, internalized, and living a double life seemed like the right choice at the time. Anonymous One shares that now, in hindsight, their life could have been made so much better by finding a smaller, more intimate support group to lean on during this hard time. They explain that there were those around them that probably would have been excellent areas of support during their life changes while here at BYU-Idaho. So without further ado, let's get into listener story one from who we are dubbing Anonymous One. I am the oldest of three boys and was born to pretty poor parents in Florida. My mom's family had converted to the church when she was a teenager and my dad was a backwoods redneck who ended up getting her pregnant. They only got together because she was pregnant with me. My dad eventually converted to the church in 2000 when I was 12. At that time, we lived in central Wisconsin and were part of a small ward that was pretty tight-knit. My mom raised me and my brothers in the church, and when my dad converted, we were pretty much all in. When I was a kid, my mom took us to church while dad stayed home and mostly worked around the house. My dad was a union electrician and often traveled for months following work and sending money back home. 
I was about as faithful as you could ask and was pretty much the poster child for any active member. We lived in a very small town that was the next town over from our ward, and my family was the only Mormon family in town. Naturally, I was the only Mormon kid at my middle school and eventually high school. I had no real interaction with Mormon culture outside of some stake activities, and even there I was pretty well accepted. My parents began having problems when I was in my late teens, which resulted in my mom having an affair and eventually being becoming excommunicated. This was a major shake to my church foundations, but I was always the try-hard, responsible type, so I felt like it was my duty to continue to be a faithful member. I decided to go to BYUI where I could kind of escape my family, but would also be around people that I felt would have my same beliefs and values. At the time, I was dating a girl from my stake who was also going to BYU-Idaho, which helped a bit too. Before leaving for Rexburg, I had never had a drink, never smoked, didn't swear, and hadn't gone further with a girl than just making out. People told me BYUI was strict, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into. It didn't take me long to realize that I didn't belong in Rexburg. Although I was pretty much considered a goody-goody by most of my friends back home, I was almost immediately an outcast on campus. I've been a pretty big fan of heavy metal and punk, and often dressed in black, although nothing that was too crazy is extreme. In my small town, everyone knew me, and no one really gave me a hard time about who I was. Rexburg was cold, and I was really struggling. After my first family home evening with my new roommates and a group of girls from the dorms, I overheard them as they were leaving, talking about how they didn't want to be seen with me on campus because I was wearing a Metallica shirt. I was crushed. I didn't even expect it. My second week of school, I had a meeting with one of the members of the bishopric. I was a bit excited for this because I had been a pretty successful leader in my home ward, and I was hoping that I might be able to participate somehow to help find a, a place where I could belong. Before the meeting, we had to fill out a little survey about ourselves so that they could see our strengths. I sat down across from the counselor, and he read over my survey. Without any greeting, he opened with, You haven't served a mission. You can't play piano, and you aren't an Eagle Scout. What use are you to me? I was speechless. I didn't know what to say. He basically said he expects me to attend church every Sunday, but that there was no way I would be issued a calling. I was hoping for a connection, but instead I was really let down. From that point on, my mental state really dropped. My girlfriend at the time was as strong of a member as I was, and was noticing that my mood was dropping real quick. I started to develop some severe depression, because time after time I just felt like my whole religion was rejecting me. I had made a few friends, but it was as if the institution itself was rejecting me. This came to a head when I was counseled not to serve a mission due to my depression medications. As anyone within the community knows, a 19-year-old guy at BYUI who has to tell people that he can't serve a mission at that time is about as embarrassing of a situation as you can ask for. Things came to a head in summer 2008. I was still dating the same girl since high school, and we were actually planning on getting married the next year. As we had been dating for two years, things were starting to physically progress, although not to the point where they were really problematic. I felt like I had pushed things too far one day, and I felt incredibly guilty for it, although things were pretty innocent, all things considered. I decided to go on a road trip with my dad to a party with his electrician friends in Washington for a week. During that time, people were having the time of their lives, drinking and partying, and I felt awful. 
I looked at all in disgust because of how BYUI had shaped me over the last two years. Over the course of the week, I realized that these drunken electricians actually treated me better than most of the people I interacted with at college. This really started shaking me up a bit as I realized more and more how awful life in Rexburg was. I couldn't wear the clothes I wanted. I couldn't go where I wanted when I wanted. I couldn't do almost anything a normal adult would do. By the time I got back to Rexburg, I was hopelessly stuck. I felt trapped. I didn't want to live the BYUI life anymore, but I was too broke to transfer schools and just didn't feel like I had any real options. I eventually became suicidal and decided it would be easier to end my life than really try to live a new life. I broke up with my girlfriend and packed up my stuff. I was planning on moving apartments anyways, so my roommates didn't think it was weird at all that my stuff was in boxes. I planned to go to my favorite fishing spots and shooting myself. My now ex-girlfriend called me the night before to try to talk to me because she didn't understand what was going on. I talked to her for a few minutes before hanging up. I just didn't want to hurt her. While I was sitting in my truck crying, I had a revelation. Clear as day, I just had the thought, fuck it. Fuck it all. Fuck everyone and everything. Just do whatever the hell you want. I was awake and realized that I could do anything I wanted. And so I did. From that point on, I lived a double life. On campus, I was the same person I had been for the last few years and kept up my normal faithful appearances. Outside of campus, I started exploring around a bit. I was fortunate that my roommates honestly didn't care about anything I did and were actually really supportive of my new lifestyle. I started small by staying out after curfew whenever I felt like. I would go skateboarding from midnight to 3 a.m. most nights. The streets were empty, and they were mine. I worked at Kmart in Rexburg and started flirting with an Exmo girl who was a local and not a student. We started dating, and it went fast. It was a recipe for disaster because her whole life was basically a quilt of red flags. But in my newfound life, I ignored them all. It wasn't long before this was catching up to me. It was tearing me apart to try and keep up appearances, and I started worrying about getting caught. The police stopped me a few times at night skateboarding, but technically I wasn't doing anything illegal, so they let me go. I started staying out with my new girlfriend, who started pressuring me into more and more things. It started small, but she started giving me reminders that she knew plenty of people that she could tell what I was doing, and the fear of being kicked out of school always hung over my head. Once again, I was trapped. I was loving my new experimental life, but it was so hard to pretend that I cared about being a faithful member of the church to everyone on the outside. I got more and more stressed about this double life until eventually she started pushing for us to get married. She kept saying that we could do anything we wanted to if we just got married. We could get our own house, go camping, go on road trips, do anything we wanted without getting in trouble. We could drink or smoke and no one would ever know at our own house. Continuing with those reminders of what would happen if I broke up with her, I finally proposed less than a year after dating her. She talked me into having a quick wedding and we were married within the next few months. I met her in July and married her in September. It was a terrible mistake and I cringe looking back on it. The weight of the school and honor code pushing down on me, if I didn't have those weights, it never would have happened. This all happened because I wasn't accepted for who I was. 
I was not welcome, and I was not loved. I tried to be one of them, and I never measured up to the rest of them. All in all, I was really only wanting the life of a normal American college student. I wanted to grow and make mistakes and figure out what it is to be human, but at every step I was constantly terrified of what would happen if I got caught. I didn't leave because of a doctrine, or church practices, or church history. I left because of the culture. To this day, Rexburg makes me sick to think of it. All of those fake smiles and pretentious people who judged anyone who was only a little bit different. At least I was fortunate to have a small group of friends that really did love me unconditionally. They were great guys, who never tried to guilt trip me, and I knew that I just needed to figure out my life. I will forever be thankful for them, because they probably kept me from experiencing much worse. Again, huge thanks to Anonymous One for sharing your story with us. Absolutely fantastic. And the part that really stands out to me is how, on the surface, it seemed like Rexburg was teeming with faces that were not going to be welcoming to Anonymous One. But in the end, Anonymous One did have their group of friends that they could trust and hold on to. And I feel like that is one of the greatest things from this story that I can identify with personally. Because I, I have felt the same growing up here in Rexburg. At times it seemed so harsh and cold and unwelcoming. But there is love here, and we can definitely find it. And I hope we can spread it around a whole lot more as well. And that is going to do it for our episode today. This episode has already hit half an hour, so we're going to end it here for today. For now, thank you so much for listening to this and to Anonymous One's story. And I hope that our treatment of the subject of anonymity is something that is going to help others enrich this podcast. This podcast is not me. It's all of you, and, ho and I'm hoping it can continue to help everybody who's listening to it. So please reach out to us here at Rexburg Love. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your ideas of what you need, what you would like to hear. The thing that when you see this episode and you download it to listen to, what you're looking forward to. Please let us know. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Again, this is Rexburg Love signing off.